to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to Back to the Dave's I Know podcast, episode 279. Um, we have MJ here. MJ, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How are you, David? I'm good. I um, I was up super late Saturday night watching the loons. Uh, you know, Was it worth it? No. Uh, and then I had to get up early. And then uh, my, uh, well, I, didn't have to get, actually, I didn't have to get up that early. Um, luckily, my, my wife got up with the kids, but it was Clara's birthday, so... I was running around all day Saturday. Yeah, she turned two on Saturday. So, um, so yeah, so I was late as usual. <laughs> I was doing a lot of running around on Saturday, lots of soccer, and then didn't get to bed till super late. And then, you know, um, I could have left any time and came home and went to sleep, but I stayed and watched the entire fucking game, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yes, indeed. So, um, so yeah, good. Uh, no Jess tonight. Unfortunately, she uh, was unable to make it uh, this evening, but we will soldier on without her. And we should start off with the most recent game. Vancouver Whitecaps 3, Minnesota United 2. Uh, this game was a late kickoff because obviously they're playing in Vancouver. Uh, and um, in spite of all that, it was a feisty match to start the game both teams came out swinging uh however the whitecaps got uh they drew first blood as you know the old rambo quote goes um brian white takes the ball off will trap oh sorry kubas takes the ball off will trap uh and then he passes it to brian white uh who runs in 1v1 against dane st Clair and is able to uh easily finish um against dane um dane was basically at the top of the box basically trying to do anything um, Boxall and uh, Tapias left out to dry because, yeah, Will Trap just basically gave the ball away to on that one. Tapias did have a really uh, overly aggressive run on Brian White. If you re- watch the replay, he is running where Brian White and the ball were, not to the top of the box or the back post where he should be. And that that overly aggressive angle at running where the ball was thinking he could instantly teleport there cost a better chance, but really this is down to Will Trap and coughing up the ball there to clear yeah. us. Yeah. And then in the 20th minute, uh, Luis Amaria subs off. Uh, we didn't get any indication about what it was, you know, when it happened later found out it's technically a quote unquote groin injury. Um, we'll see about that. Uh, Jose Rosales comes on because we don't have any other attackers uh, with Braga starting this match. Uh, we didn't mention that Fraga started. So Fraga moves to the 10. Uh, that puts pushes uh, Song Vinjong up top into the nine role, the, not the, the role that we were hoping to see him in for Finally! most of the most of the season. Um, and you know, it pays dividends less than four minutes later. Michael Boxo gets his first goal in over four years from a beautiful uh, Song Vinjong corner, and Boxo says to tap it in after the ball kind of pings around in the box a little bit, but. Minnesota gets back up, but you know, right, pretty much right away, um, gives himself a chance. This is, this is, I think, Lude erasure, right? Lude, Lude gets the first touch off the corner and sends it at Takoka, and then the rebound goes to Boxall. But yeah, uh, that's a good goal. It's ugly, it's chaos in the box, but we don't have a lot of ugly goals from corner kicks. We don't have a lot of goals from corner kicks, period. <laughs> So let's, it, let's celebrate this. Let's yeah, celebrate it. A goal from a corner kick is good by me. So, uh, And then right before halftime, I, I didn't, didn't uh, note the minute here. Uh, Dane St. Clair has to make a really good kick save on Brian White. Brian White was pretty much in on net. Um, and Dane St. Clair kept, to, to his credit, kept Minnesota in this game all, uh, all game. All these goals were uh, hardly on him. Let's put it that way. So, No. Anything else from the first half, MJ? That you want to throw out there? Okay. 
Let's move to the second I was half. hopeful. I was hopeful. One one going into halftime. It definitely did not feel. It didn't feel like they should be in that game one to one when they were at half. So I was like, oh okay, maybe we, maybe this, maybe like Vancouver did uh, the last. You know, last time we played them here at in St. Paul, uh, we steal a point. Um, it was spoiler alert, uh, listeners. It was not to be. So fifty uh, second yeah, minute. And, sorry, go ahead. Just a a forewarning. There, there there's a. Guy who subs off the bench is a striker. <laughs> His name's Simon. Yeah. And we didn't keep track of him back when Vancouver came to Minnesota. And spoiler alert, he may have had a part in what happened later in the second half. Well, let's, yeah, let's rip the band aid. 52nd minute, a uh, goal for Vancouver. Uh, Brian White again gets his brace. Um, this is off of a, a corner. Every single player is watching the ball, literally every single player except for. The guy who hits the you know who hits the header and Brian White, um, all the loons defenders, pretty much every other Vancouver player is ball watching, uh, and Rankel Vasilevich uh, hits a header that falls right to Brian White, who's you know onside. He clatters with Dane St. Clair, but is able to do enough to poke the ball across the line. Um, he gets hurt in the midst of that. We'll talk. We'll, we'll circle back to that very shortly. Um, but it's a goal for Vancouver. Puts him up top two one. Anything on that goal other than literally no one watching the actual fucking ball or where Brian White was? I don't know when Minnesota United will start consistently marking players rather than watching the ball on set pieces. But I would like that to start sooner rather than later in my life. Before I die, Sean McCauley, please teach Loon's defenders to watch the ball, look at closest guy. Watch the ball, look at your closest guy that's not wearing your jersey. Yeah. It's hard. It takes discipline, but you should start working on it now. Speaking of uh, iron skillets, um, we should bring back the iron skillet method, basically. So anytime you're not watching, you know, any dark cloud, red loon, TNE folk who want to show up at training with iron skillets, um, we'll have, we need to have a conversation about that. So, uh, so Brian White goes off, Simon Becker comes on uh, and literally with his first touch of the game, he, uh, Lude has a terrible, terrible back pass that goes straight to Ryan Gold, um, who passes, you know, runs at Boxy basically, um, passes the ball to Simon Becker. Boxy is clearly in no man's land, and Becker, literally on his first touch of the match, uh, slides the ball past Dane St. Clair for the third Vancouver goal of the game. Speaking of ball watching, there were two Simon Becker and another Whitecaps player behind the line. On onside runs marked by nobody. However, it, it, yeah, Tapias and Foxhall were literally left off to dry on with Robin Lude's pass on this one, man. Like that's I don't necessarily yeah, yeah. put that on them. Like yeah. they were both they expected Lude to like it, pass forward. Lude did not have a a good passing game, and no. he had an he had an assist. He he had a part in both goals, yeah. and, he, and 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 he still he still. Had a horrible passing game. He was turning the ball over left and right. And I, you know, I am a lewd apologist. I love the way he plays and sees the pitch, but he did not look good. No. So after this, Minnesota actually starts to look good again. Uh, the 65th minute, we get a goal back from Song Vinjong, his first MLS goal, which is awesome. Uh, there's a Whitecaps giveaway. I can't remember who the, the person who gave it away, but Lude recovers the ball. He threads a, a beautiful pass to Song Vinjong who splits the central defenders for Vancouver. Uh, and he, he finishes it uh, to the right of uh, Takukwa, the goalkeeper from Vancouver, uh, and makes it uh, 3-2 Minnesota. And all of a sudden it was like, game on again, man. Like, game on. Yeah, again, hope, right? We I had hope. And you have no idea how excited I was to see one Sangbin Jong get his first goal as a loon in MLS, but also you have a Korean player scoring on a Japanese goalkeeper. I'm no Norm Charlatan, but like there's got to be some crazy history reference that's, to that. That's some Asian hate crimes or something. Uh, something like that. You know, it's Asian on Asian action, whatever you want to <laughs> call it. The, the weird thing is, is this doesn't happen very often, even in the AFC when Korea has to play Japan on a regular basis. So I'm super happy uh, just to see him score a goal, but and and in a loon skit, but also to see Sangbin score a goal against Takaoka, 
Yay! <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, in the 66th minute, uh, so right after that goal, uh, Mender Garcia and uh, Brent Coleman come on for Fragapane uh, and Bongi. Uh, and this is when Minnesota switches to a 3-5-2, more or less for the last part of the game, which is something that we've been yelling for for the last whatever, how many, however many minutes. No, um, no, 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 no. You have been yelling for it for the past at least six years. Seven, uh, I think, yes, almost seven years now. So um <laughs> And it, you know what? It looked good. It looked, it, did. it looked competent and, and <laughs> aggressive. And they almost scored like literally like five minutes after those guys came on. Uh, Mender Garcia has a, just a sitter and he just completely whiffs on the ball. Um, the 78th minute, that's when they bring on uh, Hassani Dotson for Will Trap, which in my estimation, uh, 78 minutes too, uh, too late because Will Trap had a stinker of a match here, by the way. And I then thought she brought Dotson on earlier as well. Yeah, and then the 93rd minute, uh, uh, I believe it was Garcia. Was it Garcia who passed? Or no, it was Song Bijong who passed to Kumar Lawrence, who just had an absolute, I don't know, he, he just must have misread the ball or whatever because he just absolutely shanked it. It was a, you know, more or less a tap-in. Um, just a really aggressive, aggressively missed uh, ball for uh, you know a late, a late equalizer for Minnesota. Also, in the 80th-something minute, Song Bing Zhang had this amazing curler. Yes. The pass was intended for Garcia. It was not very accurate. So it goes through, it goes past Garcia and goes past a couple Vancouver defenders. And Song Bing Zhang's on the left side, and he dribbles middle and just misses by inches. Yeah. So, I mean, the team had opportunities. It was definitely a wide-open game. Um, that's how it ends. 3-2 to Vancouver. Uh, that's five consecutive winless matches now, um, not including, obviously, the Open Cup for Minnesota, which is considering they started the season with, what, five uh, five um, without losses. They're now five without wins. Um, they're losing a lot more than they're drawing, which is also not great. They, I think they've slipped down to eighth place in the MLS standings after, um, after the weekend with Vancouver just uh, basically right above them, I think, on goal differential, honestly. So it's been a... It's been an interesting, you know, 11 weeks in MLS for Minnesota. And uh, they got some more interesting news, which we'll talk about here in a, in a hot second. But let's let's wrap up this game with our uh, Freddie Adus. And I'll, I'm happy to start because, um, you know, whatever. I thought Dan St. Clair did everything he possibly could, kept Minnesota in this game. Uh, honestly, you know, probably deserved to win. Um, maybe could have done a little bit better with that first Brian White goal, but, uh, but when he's basically in one, one V one, there's not a ton that you can do as a goalkeeper with, with that, with that much time to sort of set up your shot. So, um, so he's my good, my good Freddie do my, my shitty Freddie do uh, alluded to earlier in the podcast. Will trap just had an absolute howler of a match, including giving up that first goal and looked just out of his depth the entire time. I don't know why he keeps starting. Uh, hopefully he gets, he sees the bench, tomorrow and today or today if you're listening to this podcast uh and saturday against sporting kansas city so what do you got mj i'm going to go with uh two misplaced players for my good and shitty freddie adu my good freddie adu goes to song wing jong getting his first mls goal and almost getting his second to tie the game i thought once they moved him from a central attacking midfielder to up top to be a striker either in a sole striker position or duel with Mendo Garcia into the three five two. He looked really great. He looked at home. Agreed, yeah. He, looked, he was finding good good chances to pass, good chances to shoot. So that's my misplaced player, good <laughs> Freddie Adu. My midplace misplaced player, shitty Freddie Adu, which I alluded to earlier. Uh Robin Lude, normally when you ask him to drop back into the center midfield, you like God, this guy can play anywhere. He's a Swiss Army knife. Like, what what can't he do? He looked lost there. He looked like he was going for back passes when most people were going forward. And actually, Vancouver had more numbers behind him than he did. And so those back passes led to chances. One horrible back pass led, led to their... They're saying, yep. he was involved with, with both goals. And yes, he's a great offensive and attacking prowess player, but just some horrible passing out of the center midfield for Robin Lude. 
and that is my shitty Freddy to do. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I can't begrudge you there. I figured I'd leave Song Wenjong for you because, you know. Thank I know, you. you know. I think we covered all the bases there of, like, the two best players on the pitch for Minnesota United and the two worst players on the I, pitch for Minnesota United. I think you I, – I definitely agree, so. Go team. All right. Well, let's uh, – Let's talk a little bit about let's Songbin is a, is actually a really great transition because um, Emmanuel Reynoso uh, is officially back with the team in Minnesota. It was announced maybe a couple hours before the game uh, that he had returned back to Minnesota. Obviously, with the team in Vancouver, um, they didn't get a chance to talk to him or, or see anything. And obviously, we don't know a ton about uh, what it will take for him to get reinstated. Remember, he was suspended without pay from MLS. So I'm assuming he'll have to go through some protocols with the league office, uh, you know, obviously a physical, um, it probably is some sort of legal thing to verify that he's okay to play. Who the hell knows what all that is. And that doesn't include any of the actual getting ready for playing soccer, you know, playing football with the rest of his team, um, which means basically getting up to speed, getting fit, properly and then also you know the bigger question more probably the most important question is like figuring out how he apologizes to his team for leaving them in the lurch for so long right doesn't matter he can say whatever he wants to the press or to the fans or whatever but he really he needs to win back the locker room um and that's Jerry kind of rushing that's- my boss at soda soccer jerry rushing had a great quote he said my first thought on reynoso returning that's good but the guy has a lot of work to do now and right, uh, I was I was physical, mental, emotional, yeah. and yeah, legal yeah. and legal. Let's put it that like yeah. the four the the four the four pillars there, right? Physical, I mental, emotional, with, and legal. I was talking with Jen Bolter like uh, over coffee this afternoon, and I was just like, no one. He was saying he has work to do. Is he talking about like legal paperwork to play in MLS again? And then yep. she kept making the check the box like motion with her finger as like like we talking like paperwork work to do we talking about work to gain back trust with the coach gain back trust with his teammates gain back trust with the fans check 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 yeah getting better physical fitness because probably playing with your neighborhood buddies on whatever uh neighborhood club that you were uh just hanging out with isn't to the speed of mls Listen, as a as a uh, as a former athlete myself, I can tell you it's not so um, guaranteed. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, it'd be interesting to see. So wonder, so just what are your thoughts on Ray coming back generally, and when do you expect him? Expect we'll see him uh, in a Minnesota lineup. I'm going to defer to two players that have their ear to the ground on Minnesota United and have attended way more press conferences with Adrian Heath than I have in the. Both Jeremy Rushing and Jacob Schneider were basically saying you can see him back playing sometime in June, and hopefully by July he can go a full nine B. I have no more opinions than that. <laughs> no, that I mean that sounds that sounds about right. Three weeks or whatever to get him up to speed, and then um, you hope he can start because what July? July is when they have the uh, uh, League's Cup, right? I think yeah, I think it's yeah mid like mid. Mid late July is is league scope. So I'm I'm hoping that you can get him going full nineties there, especially because we're gonna be losing a bunch of players for that. So we're definitely gonna need him. Um the question is is how much time is he gonna get with the uh with the doubloons? Because sure. that would be interesting <laughs> right. uh if you have Emmanuel Reynoso clowning on some, you know, eighteen year olds <laughs> or whatever. Um and will he take well, it seriously? I mean- like if he takes it seriously, he should score like eight goals against most MNUFC or you know MNUFC two opponents. You um, heard it here but, first on the days I know. Watch season tickets for for doubloons to to just skyrocket. You, I mean, you wanna, it, 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 it might it might be a decent investment now. I mean, they just had their first home. They had their first game of the season. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But like, you still got what. 15 games or something in the season ticket if package. You might not be mind it. driving to Blaine for some good local soccer. You should invest in balloons too anyway. One, because they have a better coach than the senior team. But I mean, you should just go up there and watch them play. They're, they're, they're exciting with or without uh, Reynoso. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he gets time there, 
if, if he spends more than one game there, I, I will be surprised. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But I'm, you know, it'd be, it'd be funny actually, if he does get some, some time there. So, uh, so yeah, so that means, I mean, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because that, you know, when Reynoso's on his game uh, and firing on all cylinders, he's one of the better players in MLS. Um, when he is not, uh, you know, like Minnesota is a, a much, you know, they're a much worse off team, regardless of the first four weeks of results or whatever from for the team. Um, when they stole some games, uh, you know, scored some, you know, uh, timely goals or whatever, you know, the team, it's not as bad as it has been for the last five games. Um, it's probably much closer to that first four games, which is a, you know, a middle of the road MLS team, you know, maybe you should host a playoff game. And if you add Reynoso to that mix, then are they, are they, you know, a MLS cup contender? Probably not, but are they a lot closer than they are right now? Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy can and if all the pieces that we have seen for this team can be actually be played in the right positions, right? I think that's the other thing that we keep a lot of us, a lot of the fans keep harping on is that we're seeing players played in the in the wrong positions or positions that are, do not suit their abilities. Well, when you can plug Ray in as your ten and you you can just count on him to be there for most games, that opens up a lot of possibilities for how this attack can can look. And as we've seen. You know, the attack looked a lot better once we sort of put people in the right spots for the attack to work, right? We put Fragapanen in that 10 role, who's much more like Reynoso than Song Ben Zhang is. And, and right. we saw what we can do. I'm, obviously, we had the, the defensive laps, and maybe this is a good transition to, to, to your question, MJ. But when we have everybody in the right positions, that's when we should judge this team offensively, basically. Yes. One of the hallmarks for that unbeaten run of five games to start the season, everyone was talking about the Loons defense. We were winning with just getting one nil, right? We were winning one nil games, two one games. We were drawing one one games. You know, Luis Amaria had two penalty kicks to like either win or draw a game. So we had not allowed in, in that first five games, we had not allowed more than one goal scored against us. And that wasn't just same St. Clair. We were playing good team defense for the most part. And Tapias and Boxall were just gelling, really gelling. And I can understand saying, hey, we, you know, we've only only once scored two goals or more. We should, you know, the defense is set. Let's work on some offense stuff. But you can't do that at the expense of defense. This is the first time we've allowed more than two goals against us and it's only the second time we've scored two goals or more <laughs> yep. we, we, we have we beat the crapids 2-1 for the first time at dick's sporting goods park this year we scored two goals in that game and this is the only other time we've scored more than more than two goals and the shitty part of us finally scoring two goals again is we allowed three so um come on loons it's, yeah. It was just Vancouver. They're not that good. And and you shit the bed. Yeah. But, I mean, to that point, I'll say two of the goals were directly related to our midfielders um, making ter terrible turnovers, right? Yeah. Turnovers that, like, you know, you or I would not make generally on a on a soccer pitch. Or or we might, but, like, guys like Robin Lude should definitely not be making. Guys no, like no, Draft exactly. Not be making. So I can't put, I mean, so, yes, you're right. It, so I'm, I'm a little I'm a little less concerned about the defense um, in that regard. I, th I think we've seen, okay. we've seen, sorry, but I'll, I'll, let me finish. We, we've seen some cracks in it. I, so I agree with you in, in that respect, right? I think we're, we're spending, we're, we're trying to focus too much on the offense uh, to create the goals so maybe we're not spending as much time on the defense. And so maybe we're seeing some slight, you know, slight cracks or whatever in it. Um, and, and to your point too, you know, the midfielders, while, you know, they're not defenders, they are part of the defense, especially the roles that, you know, Will Trapp was playing, Robin Lewis playing at the time. They need to be a part of that defense. So I get your point there as well. I guess I would consider making better passing decisions that don't lead to turnovers that lead to good chances for the other team as being part of your defensive regimen, right? 
And so yes. what, where you say, fair. yes, the, the, the back four shouldn't be blamed or when we don't have the ball, you know, as far as our marking zonal or man marking is concerned, you know, that part of the defense shouldn't be blamed for those three goals. Yes. But part of having a good defense is making better decisions with the ball. So you're not giving your opponent good chances on net. And we just did that a lot in that group. You know, like they could have scored six goals on us for some of our shitty giveaways. Yeah. So anywho, uh, that's, yeah. No, that, that's, and that's a fair point, right? We definitely um, gave them way more opportunities than they, than they truly deserved for how this game was played. Right. I think that the XG ended like 2.4 for Vancouver, to like 2.35 or something for us. So like, it was clearly a wide open game. Both teams were not really playing defense for some reason in Vancouver uh, at, you know, 930 Central Time on a on a Saturday night. Uh, this is actually the first time that also that Vancouver had given up a goal at home in like 400 some minutes. So I think there's there, you know, I think it was just lots of uh, people not putting in the full mental part of the game in terms of defense on on Saturday for on both sides. In other words, it was very Vancouver versus Minnesota, and it was very MLS. It, yes, MLS is very drunk on Saturday yeah. and Sunday, for that matter. So um, uh, we want to talk about any of that stuff. So, all right, well, let's let's move on. Uh, on Sunday, was there anything? Or sorry, MJ, was there anything else from the game that you wanted to to touch on, or can we move on to the? Yeah, no, the, let's the move on. All right, and then UFC two three Chicago Fire two three, uh, but. Minnesota United gets the extra points in penalty kicks. Uh, 3-2 penalty kick victory for Minnesota United FC 2. Um, I was unfortunately able, unable to go watch this game. I said I mentioned my daughter's birthday on Sunday. I'm definitely going to try and get out to one or two of the MNUSC games um, on Sunday afternoons because, number one, it's a great opportunity to bring the kids. They can run around. It's playing. There's lots of space, um, lots of parking lot for cars to run into people if you want. Um, and or tailgate. So uh, anything from to say from this game? One, uh, goals were for Minnesota were scored by Jesse Kahn, Patrick Weah on a PK, and then an own goal in the 90th minute. Yes. So uh, yeah. Chicago Fire, uh, named after disaster, shows that they are a disaster, and letting an own goal in in the 90th minute for us to tie the game. Uh, we end up winning in a shootout. Here's the thing. The one thing I take from this game, and this is going to make a lot of twos fans angry at me because they have a lot of good players that are twos players on twos contracts. Seeing Patrick Wea getting minutes after the injury last year, that's good for the senior team. And so that's not the most important thing to take from this game. Yeah. The, it, it's a team effort, and they got a lot of good players there. But if you're looking for the, the senior team tie-in, that's it. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if, if Wea gets on the bench against Philadelphia on Tuesday. You know, it's a quick turnaround, uh, only basically two days between matches. But um, Omri is going to be hurt. He's not going to definitely not going to play. They've already ruled him out for the Open Cup match. So um, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if Patrick Wea is on the bench. I don't I don't think he'll start, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't no. shock me if he's on the bench for that. So uh, oh, also, right. yeah, Fred Emmings saved the last two Chicago. Penalties. Awesome. Penalties. So cool. good on Fred. And same, uh, good St. Yeah. Paul kid. Yeah. St. Paul Central. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, so just a, one other bit of other United news. Minnesota United announced uh, Andrew Greger as the director of scouting and Hank Stebbins as assistant technical director. Um, they also announced some sort of corresponding moves. I can't remember exactly, but Amos McGee is sort of like going to be taking over the academy. Um, full-time i assume uh both these gentlemen will re- report to mark watson uh andrew gregor is a former mls player um i think he's had some time with the portland timbers the timbers two, their mls next pro teams things like that so you know some youth development stuff uh because then also a former player um hank stebbins is a actually apparently he's like he's an attorney he's so he's gonna be probably he'll be probably more in charge of the the mls salary rules technical side of things right so um that watson can you know watson can focus more on sort of player development um this guy sounds like he'll probably be the person who's sort of in charge of contracts and 
um, things like that. Make sure MLS is, or that Minnesota United is, is a MLS salary compliant, um, which is important because, we'll, and we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. So <laughs> he's, that's a teaser for y'all. Uh, okay. Anything wait, Sam? Wait, wait, wait. Are you yeah. saying that MLS has rules about rosters and salaries? Technically, they do. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, let's jump in then. Um, so yeah, since we don't have all three of us here, let's, we're just going to forego our break tonight. Minneapolis City played their home opener on the uh, the um, USL two side in the Minnesota Super Cup on Friday. Uh, City, sorry, Saturday or no? It was Friday or was it Saturday? Friday. Friday. Got it. Yeah, the weekend was crazy. Um, so City lost one did nothing to the under nineteen loons. Um, with a the U19 loons get a uh, 20th minute goal from Miguel Leon. We were both at this game, MJ. Um, I had to leave a little. I had to leave early because I had um, I had Ragnar with me, and he definitely did not want to hang out for the, for the entire match. So you missed um, the rain the rain part. I was. I did. Yes. I, so I think, congratulations thankfully. on yes avoiding the bad weather part. And but no, you were you were there. We had the Dave's trifecta. We did all in attendance. For the tailgate and the first half of the game, and um, I'm blaming you. Like you and Ragnar leaving, that was our good luck charm, and you went out the door, and that's that's why City didn't win. Well, to be fair, they had scored a goal well earlier. Um, Ragnar did enjoy playing on the uh, pitch at halftime. Uh, I got some really yeah, good yeah. video of him running around uh, on the field, and I did buy him his first ever Minneapolis City jersey. So awesome! I'm pretty excited. About I noticed that, that you so. bought it. A size that he can grow into, which I, is, dude. I yes, I have I have kids. I'm I'm not gonna buy something that's gonna fit them for literally two weeks or whatever. So yes, I did buy him a slightly bigger jersey than he needed. So this is the, this is the thinking ahead we need on the days I know, David. That's fair. That's, why, that's fair. That's why you're showrunner and I'm not. <laughs> uh, all right, there was another uh, city game this weekend, right, MJ? Yeah, uh, the futures who. Ended up uh, drawing 1-1 in their UPASL opener, season opener, in Burnsville versus Flora. They had their home opener this Sunday in which they hosted Granite City from St. Cloud, and they won 4-1. Okay, uh, let's move on to Minnesota Aurora. They had their um, player-slash-merchandise reveal, which, you know, we all everybody knew was a kit reveal. Um, so they revealed a new home kit. They're just doing one jer- one shirt this year. At, and I think they're going to get on that rotation of, of changing out a shirt every year, which is awesome for fans who are who'd like to you know rep the team, but don't want to buy multiple shirts every year. Um, I saw I saw vid- pictures and some videos of the jersey. I think it looks really cool. Um, I like the collar and sort of the piping on it. Um, I've not seen it in person yet. I'm sure I'll, at some point here in the next week or so, I'll run into somebody at the Blackheart with the jersey on. But it looks really cool. It's a very, uh, you know, uh, sort of a classic style jersey. Um, you know, not a ton of, you know, not a ton of stuff going on on it, but just a really classic, simple look that will be easy and fun to wear just as a regular shirt out and about, you know, like with some jeans or khakis or uh, shorts or whatever. So I think it's really cool. So, yeah, the they had the kit designer on stage and she was explaining to try to contrast, if you remember the the wavy pattern that they had, the the multi blue and navy wave pattern that they had last year that was over a starry background of, of the Aurora Borealis and stuff like that. It was a very busy kit, very detailed, but fun, right? Fun, you look at it up close and it looks really cool. And they wanted to contrast that. She said, we want to go in the other direction, go classic, you know, simple colors, solid colors. So, but then with those solid colors, add some accents so you had if you look at the collars and the cuffs you know just really cool old school types of piping and and color combinations there all solid colors but adding different colors on the edges yeah so super cool definitely check it out you can go to the aurora website if you want to buy a kit um yeah so and and they i think they dropped some new merch as well and i know they're always working on new merch stuff so um, definitely keep an eye on their, their Twitter, their website for, for all uh, all that stuff. So, um, and if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you should know that I will have been down to TCO Stadium as part of Media Day to glimpse uh, the the last hour or so of, of 
painting practice for Minnesota Aurora and do some extra interviews. So cool. So yeah, look for that. Uh, I'm assuming on Soda Soccer um, yes. at some point later this week. So yeah, go go subscribe and give them some Patreon money too if you're at it. So uh, yeah, all right. if you have Patreon money to give, one you should give us money. You should give them <laughs> Patreon money, but you should also consider giving some Patreon money to Soda Soccer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. We have two games to talk about this week, uh, so we're going to kind of go through them fairly quickly, especially since this podcast is going to drop on Tuesday morning, and I'm guessing hum- like five of you will listen to it before the match t- on t- tonight. Um, so Philadelphia starts their uh, Open Cup tournament uh, against Minnesota United here at Allianz Field. Um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday tonight at 7.30 p.m., uh, some players, because uh, since we don't know what the, the rotation will be like, um, Jim Curtin, obviously, um, the manager of Philadelphia, hopefully, hopefully for not much longer, hopefully he gets another opportunity to do a, a slightly bigger job either, um, with the U S or potentially in Europe, uh, a couple of young players that will more than likely get start on Tuesday, Jack McGlynn, uh, who yes. is U S U under 20, uh, player presumably will be the captain for the U S under 20 team. Uh, and Quinn Sullivan, who is also a uh, really great U20 World Cup player for the USA. Jack Elliott, defender, did not play at all in their last game. So I'm guessing he's probably going to get a start. Assuming he's not hurt. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Daniel Gazdag is, is another player that we have talked a little bit about. He scored a penalty um, likes, over the weekend likes, as well. He likes scoring. He likes. He does like scoring. He likes assisting. He likes making other teams hurt. And I know another uh, player that we'll probably see, Leon Flock, um, former uh, FC St. Pauli player, um, hasn't been playing a ton for them in MLS right now, but he did score. His lone goal was in the Eastern Conference semi- Eastern Conference Finals last year to get them to the um, MLS Cup. And he's a, a young, he's still relatively young. I think he's only 22 or 23 um, uh, player. So he's still definitely got some time, some, some time and some room to grow. MJ, who else are we looking at? Well, um, everyone's uh, favorite uh, Nordic villain, Jakob Glesnes, will probably play center back. And uh, he is pretty good offensively. He likes to, he has a good range on his shot. Um, He's got a good header. But uh, yeah, I don't like his defensive play other than he tends to be a brute. Um, He likes to shut people down a lot. also, you may thought we skipped the once a loon segment if you follow where that usually falls towards the end of our first half. But I'm telling you, once a loon, Damian Lowe it might get minutes in Philadelphia. Sorry, in St. Paul playing for Philadelphia Union. Yeah, I forgot about I forgot that Damian Lowe's on this Jamaican international, Damian Lowe, by the way. Yeah. Um I would assume that we'll get Joe Bendick um, in net, not Andre Blake. Um, however, if Andre Blake is in net, he is one of the best goalkeepers in the MLS. So that would be uh, interesting. So, um, okay. So anybody else from uh, Philadelphia wanna you want to highlight? I mean, obviously we didn't mention Ali Bedoya, who's a you know former U.S. Men's International Team international um, goalkeeper. Andre Blake uh, also Jamaican international. Yes. Yes, my guess is yeah. But my guess is he doesn't play. Chris Donovan, uh, young forward, will probably get minutes as well, and he he could also potentially be on the um, USU twenty team. And then uh, their other forward, uh, Mikel Ure, is also really really good. And they have this team is is pretty stacked in terms of talent and a lot of young when, talent too. When you talk about MLS team that has a strong academy, you think of Dallas. But if you want to think of a MLS Academy that has a strong academy and keeps their players and doesn't sell them to Europe. Well, this Philly have sell, sent a few players to Europe, but like they keep their players and move them in from their academy to their senior team. You used to think of Sporting Kansas City. You don't think of Sporting Kansas City anymore. You think of Philadelphia Union. They they are they have depth because of their academy development. And it's impressive. Yep, for sure. Um, all right. So, what do you think? How do you think Minnesota United plays um, tomorrow? Uh, any obviously, I think we'll see Clint Irwin in goal. I don't think we'll see Dane St. Clair. Um, 
some other changes. We'll probably see Coleman on the back line, I would guess. Uh, Daniil Henry played in the, the twos game. Um, so I wouldn't surprise if we see him, but I guess, you know, what else, are you expecting any other major, major changes? I, I mentioned, as I mentioned, Amari is definitely out for this game. So this, this, this would be, uh, you know, a great time to get uh, Zarek Valentin some minutes. Mm-hmm. So I expect to see him on the back lines in some way, shape or form. Yep. I think him and Taylor probably. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if we see like all three, Henry, Valentin and Coleman all sub in on the back line, but maybe if not all three at the same time, one of them is coming off the bench. Yeah. So the, the defensive line will look, will look different. Uh, hopefully since Dotson didn't get a lot of minutes in Saturday's game that they give him some minutes because uh, he will definitely solidify that central midfield. Yeah, other than that, it's going to be a crapshoot who they put up top. I don't know who you want to bring in if you if you want to try to loan Pacheco in for for us a, a run up at striker and see what he can do or something like that. But like it's it's so I'm like Fragapane probably gets minutes. You know, yeah, I think I think Garcia starts with Amaria out. Um, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if Wea sees some time with the. I mean, he's, yeah. I don't think he's definitely going to start. Um, and and Jung went ninety minutes and picked up a, a slight knock. Um, towards the end of the game, I think we we kind of didn't we forgot to mention that. Um, but look, like the, the reports to today the say, say he's good, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, you you don't want to push him if you don't have to, right? Like you'd rather he's not, not going, he's not going 90 and yeah, he's definitely not going 90, you know, 48 hours later, 72 hours later, whatever. So point, I don't know. Right? It'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, Emmanuel Iwe, um, you know, could get another look, although, you know, contract stuff is a whole other situation there. I don't know. We'll be interested to see. I feel that playing style wise, both teams are going to be pretty tentative in the first half. Now, Philadelphia plays tentative or plays conservative, you know, safe passes, nothing too crazy, better than Minnesota United does. So both teams playing tentative or safe might yield in a, you know, two nothing first half for Philadelphia. Right. But but I'm thinking this is going to be a low scoring first half and a wide open goal fest in the second half. I'm not saying who's going to win yet, but I, I, I think things – the reins come off and things get a little crazy in the second half in this game. All right. We'll make, make it, make a call then. Uh, loons lose three, one. Uh, I think it's two, two and goes to pens, honestly, um, <laughs> but should be fun, fun for uh, a Minnesota United Tuesday night. Another and, night and where who, we, and who wins on penalties? What's let's go Minnesota just because of Dane St. Clair. I think Dane St. Clair makes a couple saves and Wait, uh, you said Irwin was going to start. Oh right, Irwin. Do they sub in Dane for the for the for the PKs? No, they don't. They don't. Um, I'll fancy my chances with Irwin against Bendick. Um, if it's Andre Blake, if it's Andre Blake, I'll say Philly. But if it's Bendick, I'll say Minnesota United. How's that sound? That sounds good. Okay, but I'm going to say pens, 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 pens. So, all right. I like pencils. <laughs> Let's talk then about Saturday. Minnesota goes to Sporting Kansas City. Uh, 7.30 p.m. Central Time as well on Apple uh, Plus. Uh, Seattle, or sorry, uh, Kansas City beat Seattle in Seattle for their first win of the season. Um, they started with 10, uh, 10 uh, they were winless in 10 to start the season. Uh, they get their first win last weekend, 2-1 to one, uh, in Seattle on Sunday afternoon. Um, who do you want to highlight here for... Sporting Kansas City, MJ. It's been a it's been a pretty rough uh, season for them so far. Yeah, uh, they're not good this year. And unlike Seattle, who have a habit of starting slow and gaining lots of momentum towards the postseason and still making the playoffs, Sporting Kansas City does not. Uh, they right. have not had a shitty start like this in a long while. And so, yeah, uh, who do I want to highlight? Uh, the for me, uh, Gadi Kinda, right, attacking midfielder. Yeah, he started for the first time in a while. Um, he's still get he's still getting back to fitness. Um, he was subbed off at half, uh, by Peter Vermees, but he got an assist I think in the game and looked really good in the in the half that he played for sure. So, uh, I'll just I'll throw out there too. Alan Polito is finally 
get back and starting again? So that front three with Daniel Shalloway and Alan Polito and Johnny Russell, and apologies to any Sporting Kansas City fan or family of Daniel Shalloway, who I'm sure listened to this podcast intensely, that I have been saying Daniel Saloy for way too long. Yeah, though when they're when they're when those three are on, they are very dangerous. That is for sure. Minnesota or sorry, uh, Sporting Kansas City plays um, typically in a four three three. Peter Vermees, obviously, we we don't. I feel like we always mention Peter Vermees when we talk about the Sporks. Um, he is their longtime um, well, former player, manager, GM, general person at the club. Um, you know, and he, he for some reason loves playing against Minnesota United and beating Adrian Heath. So uh, keep that in mind as you're thinking about this game as well. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't Vermees, matter if, if they have a good year or a bad year. Um, sponsored by Goodyear Tires, by the way. Uh, yeah. This segment sponsored by Goodyear Tires. It doesn't matter if Sporting Kansas City has a good year or a, a, a bad year, a Michelin year. And but Peter Ramiz always looks good against Minnesota United, and it's kind of frustrating. Uh, Will former U.S. Men's National Team winger turned wingback Ram Zusi get on the pitch? Maybe, maybe yeah. not. He'll get some time towards the end. The, the other question I have is Roger Espinosa. Uh, he also loves playing against Minnesota and scoring goals yeah. against Minnesota. Well, I would be surprised loves, if he actually gets a start because, because of that, because he loves playing against Minnesota United so much. And it'd be one thing if all he did was score goals and he hurt us that way, but he also likes to physically hurt us in like slide tackling our players way after the ball leaves. He loves picking up yellow cards. He loves injuring our players. <laughs> We, we have players that have gone off on not – it, it would be almost a toss-up between uh, Roger Espinoza and uh, the, the brothers from Portland. Like, who likes to injure us more? Oh, the Valeri brothers? No. Oh, the Chara brothers, the Chara brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Charas. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. So, does Roger Espinoza – Central midfielder, does he get the start? No, but when he comes off the bench, just expect a lot of chaos and a lot of violence. Oh, man, it wouldn't surprise me if he actually gets a start, <laughs> honestly, just because he loves killing Minnesota. So, uh, All right, well, that being said, what do we think about the result here? What's uh, How's this game going to go for Minnesota on Saturday? We're at Children's Mercy Park, right? We are. We're in Kansas City. Well, lose, out, the outskirts of Kansas City. I hate to okay. beat the negative Nathan twice in one week, but you know we lose one nothing. All right, I you know because I'm a coward, I'm gonna stick with the draw. Say one one draw in Kansas City. So I think we find a way to score a goal, um, but we also find a way to give them a goal as well. So all right, cool. Well, let's wrap it up with some USL news now. Um, USL, as you are well aware, is uh, the umbrella organization for um, both our. Women's team, the you know Aurora FC, but also for Minneapolis City and, and the other teams in the USL League Two, um, they named a new president and chief soccer officer, MJ, who uh, who was lucky enough to get this prestigious job with uh, United Soccer League. Uh, Paul, middle name Cheater McDonough. Paul McDonough has previously done Ponzi schemes and other fraud for Orlando City and. Inner Miami, and then was hired by everyone's favorite team, Atlanta United. And they, Atlanta United, wisely parted ways with him before MLS came down with a ruling due to what he did for at Inner Miami. Uh, in 2021, McDonald was suspended for being involved in MLS all the way through 2022. Inner Miami president Jorge Mas was also fine because you're only supposed to have three designated players, three players that you pay outside the salary cap in MLS. And they had four. And their fourth was French World Cup winner Blaise Matuidi. Um, and essentially, they had a fifth DP into – they were charged with incorrectly categorizing um, a roster player in Andres Freyes. So they had five DPs. You're only allowed to have three. And, yeah, I mean, whether you're watching MLS or you're watching porn, that's too many DPs. That is, yes, five is probably too many. Um, but 
you know, we're not going to yuck anybody's yum. If that's your thing, knock yourself out. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, please check us out. Um, well, I mean, I'll be at the games on uh, Tuesday and then uh, more than likely at the Blackheart on Saturday for the, the Sporks game. Um, if you are Red Loon or want to, or want to come do the Red, I think the Red Loons are having our uh, monthly meeting at 6.30 before the game. Um, I know Minneapolis City is playing at 6 as well, which we didn't mention, um, at Augsburg. So definitely check them out and um, pop over to the Black Cart for Red Loons. Watch, there's a lot of soccer. At, at, at Saturday at 6 p.m., you should either be at Black Heart for the Red Loons meeting or you should be at Augsburg with me cheering on the, the local Twin Cities USL League 2 derby. We have the Minnesota, or sorry, Minneapolis City and the Crows taking on the St. Croix Legends. That's true. Uh, also say 1.30, FC St. Pauli plays. Uh, 3 o'clock, the Blackheart is having a Eurovision uh, final party. If you want to come hang out a little earlier, watch uh, some St. Pauli soccer, and then uh, stick around for Eurovision. Um, my wife will be there. She's, she doesn't get out into the world very often, uh, but at least not, uh, you know, in a non-soccer social situation. So come hang out and party with us. So, uh, all right. So please, yeah, definitely rate, review the podcast wherever you get it. Uh, I said that Patreon is patreon.com slash the Daves I know. Uh, you can always find us at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess, uh, with Miss Jess, she'll be back next week. Uh, you can find her at Jessica144083. Niner. Two, set her cute pictures of puppies and stuff or whatever. So, um, or, you know, the gigantic spliff that you rolled and are smoking. So she'll appreciate all that. So, uh, all right. We have been the Dave's, you know, this is Dave's. I know. Son. Long as you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. son, 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 son. I can't